Buckle up, ladies and gentlemen, because you are listening to Gridiron Guys featuring Taylor and Dom at our sports desk here at CMU Life. The number one sports reporting paper for CMU football in Mount Pleasant. Welcome to Gridiron Guys. My name is Taylor DeSormo, the sports editor at Central Michigan Life. To my right is Dominic Masterangelo. How's it going, Dom? Going well. How are the Cubs doing? Uh, they're not doing so well. They're not, yeah, but, but down 0-3, you still got a chance. That's right. Well, I want to remind people that the only other team to come back from a 3-0 deficit uh, was in the American <laughs> League, so no other National League team, or I should say no National League team, period, has ever come back from 3-0 um, disadvantage in a series. To win that series, however, the one team that did, the 2004 Boston Red Sox, were also supposedly cursed and also did it against a New York Met, a New York Yankees team. Okay. Well, speaking of droughts, the Chippewas have one of their own. They go into this weekend 0-5 in their last five years against Ball State. All five of those were under Dan Enos. They haven't won since the coach before, which was Butch Jones, I believe. Yes. So, um, man, what, what does that mean for the Chippewas? I mean, obviously, if you look at it on paper, the Chippewas are the better team, but that drought has to be lingering. Well, it, it is, and the fact that Blake Serpa came right out on Monday and said, you know what, there's no need for extra motivation this week. You know, nobody on this team has beaten Ball State before. Um, that's telling of exactly where the Chippewas' heads are at, despite what they might say. So some of the years they faced them, Ball State was pretty good. I think they were even ranked a couple times. Yep. Last year, that was not the case. No, Ball State came in here, and CMU, even having turned the ball five o, turned the ball over five times like they did, were still not able to win that game. Really, a fifty-five yard field goal by Scott Secret sealed the deal for the Ball State Cardinals, and you know what? It ended the Mid American Conference run. Mm. For the trip was. And, and if anyone were, was in the press box for that game, they remember the, the dominant yeah, Jinx. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who's, who I believe the words or the phrase out of his mouth was, there's no way this kid can hit this. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I said. And actually. then at the, he was echoing what everyone was thinking, but he just verbalized it. Then the kid kicked it. It goes through, and then all the, the CMU media, and actually everyone's media's faces, were just, jaws just dropped. Because it was a windy day, it was crazy. There was, and it just was one of the more... What year is he? Was he a freshman? Or he was a junior last junior? year, I believe he's okay. a senior this year. Yeah, that was just nuts. And then, if any, I don't know if anyone remembers after that, it was kind of like the preparation for the hurricane, the, the Hail Mary play. I think right. I think Cooper Rush completed it to Jesse Kroll, just like in the in the Bahamas Bowl, but then he got tackled, they didn't get all the, the, the laterals, laterals off, which would have won the game. The Chippewas lose 32-29 on a cra- kind of crappy day in front of a bunch of Chippewa fans. Um, so, so how do they avoid that this year? What do they need to do to make sure that they really put away Ball State? Don't put their, themselves in a position to lose the game, a.k.a. don't commit dumb penalties and turn the ball over. I know it sounds like such a cliche that we talk week in and week out, but Ball State is notorious, um, or I should say the opposite of notorious, right? They're famous for not giving the game away, mm-hmm. for not turning the ball over, for not committing dumb penalties. Yes, they're inexperienced. Yes, their numbers are down. But this is a team that's still pretty well disciplined. And that's saying something um, against CMU, who has had quite the opposite issues. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. Ball State doesn't have that good of numbers in, in a lot of categories. But the one they lead the MAC in is fewest penalty yards per game. And they're actually fifth in the country, 35.7 penalty yards per game. Chippewas aren't too far, far behind with 55 a game, third in the MAC, 65th in the country, though. What, is, what does that mean about a team when they're penalized that little? Well, it means, again, they're disciplined and that they're, they're very attentive to uh, pre-snap um, formations, to the same sort of... Um, preparation 
that they got that got them to that game. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the players, when I talked to them today, talked a lot about how, pre- how preparation really shows up on game day. Um, that's been kind of the, the disconnect for Ball State is that, you know, the preparation's been good, their discipline is good, their fundamentals are good, but for some reason they can't get it done in terms of execution. So one thing uh, Cooper Rush and the Chippewas have to be licking their chops about is the defense. It, Ball State's defense is 12th out of 13 teams in the MAC, allowing 491 yards a game, 116th in the country. So right. pretty much pretty not good. Uh, passing yards allowed, too, is, is even worse, actually. They're also 116th in the country, but 13th, dead last in the MAC, 295.4 yards passing allowed per game. And then Chippewas have Cooper Rush. Right. It's a uh, very favorable, favorable matchup for CMU. Um, again, Bonamigo uh, was sort of reluctant to um, say anything to the point to, to the fact of, you know, this is going to be a pushover or a piece of cake because, you know, every, every opponent is going to be tough. Um, but just looking at it on paper, yeah, Cooper should have a huge day. Yeah. And speaking of Cooper Rush, you're, you're doing something for tomorrow's paper, um, Central Michigan Life, about Cooper Rush comparing how his season is going compared to um, some of the better Chippewa quarterbacks we've had, including Dan Lefevre and uh, Ryan Radcliffe. Yeah, he's definitely on pace to have one of the best seasons a CMU quarterback has ever had. Now, will he catch uh, Lefevre in every category? Probably not. He's going to have to stay healthy. Especially not total yards. And he's, Yeah, and he also doesn't run as well as Dan Lefevre obviously ran. Um, but I would not surprise me if, if this trend continues to see Cooper Rush break the record for most touchdown passes thrown in a season by a CMU quarterback. Mm-hmm. And he had he was right up there last year, right, after his seven yes. Bahamas Bowl touchdowns. And the crazy stat this week um, just came out from, from CMU Athletics is um, Cooper Rush had four touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. Right. That's pretty pretty spectacular. But, you know, you got Dan Lefebvre, you have Ryan Radcliffe. Yep. You kind of ha- have to imagine, oh, they've probably done that sometime. Nope. Nope. He's the first quarterback in CMU program history to ever do that. To throw back-to-back games with four touchdowns. Correct. And then before that, through five games, he only had eight touchdowns, and then the next two games he throws eight more. Does that mean, is he heating up, or is it is he better than he was at the start of the year, do you think? I think he, is, he has gotten better, and I think that opposing defenses are, are becoming worn down by the no-huddle, hurry-up style offense that they ran against Buffalo. Um, that was key, and it would not surprise me to see CMU do the exact same thing against Ball State. Yeah, I went back and watched a little bit of the film, and especially in that first half, it wasn't the, the quickest no huddle that anyone's ever seen, but they were definitely, the get plays over, look to the sideline, they all look, and then all of a sudden they're lined up and they're ready to go. What, is, what does that do for an opposing defense, and how does that wear on them? It wears them down, and you know what it is? is it creates a sense of urgency for everybody. It makes it so that the Buffalo guys couldn't get their inst- their substitutions in, and a lot of guys, you know, Stefan Armstead, CMU's defensive back, senior defensive back, uh, told me today that when a defense gets worn down, that's when the fundamentals start to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's, I guess, what Cooper Rush, Morris Watts, and the CMU offense is going to be trying to do, trying to pick away at uh, at the fundamentals of opposing defenses. So do you like that kind of hurry-up offense as, uh, as a fan? No, because I'm trying to live-tweet the game, and it makes it <laughs> absolutely insane. Um, but if you like a quick-moving game and touchdowns, yeah, of course. Yeah, talking about like the tweeting, we're doing a lot of that during in-between plays. and I think I didn't really notice until I watched, went back and watched some of it again that in the past, they really haven't done too much no huddle, too much hurry up. I mean, the Chippewas haven't really traditionally been that type of offense, at least the last couple of years. But with Cooper Rush, why not, right? And and just seeing that, 
um, seeing the film and just seeing him kind of do that, it really, I think, hurt the Bull defense and surprised him, too. Well, the sluggish starts have been infamous here for CMU this season. And, you know, to running that hurry up really gave them – it set the tone for the offense and it also gave the defense confidence and it needed confidence based on how banged up it was going into that game. Mm-hmm. So we talked to um, John Bonamigo on Monday in his office, and he talked about um, just the fact with the – um, with the hurry-up offense, is that something that he said he, we're going to keep implementing on a more and more, or, or what do you what do you say about that? Like uh, like he says with almost everything, it's a week-to-week process, which I buy. Every opponent is different, every scheme is different, but I gotta believe that at least in the beginning, they, they're gonna start the same way they did against Buffalo because it was so effective, and because Ball State is such a comparable opponent. Mm-hmm. Talking about the, that first quarter drought, um, even after last week's performance. Uh, the Chippewas' worst quarters are the first and the fourth with 37 points in their seven games, um, getting a little bit more outscored in the first quarter than anything. Second and third quarters have actually been pretty good. They've outscored opponents 73-51 in the second and 50-24 to in the third. Like, What do you make of that? Well, I know that last year they outscored their opponents something like 4-1 to one or something. I mean, the CMU team, because of the playmakers that they had on offense last year, once they got heated up, they were almost impossible to stop. It's the other way around now. Now they have to spread the ball around. They have to hurry things up to try to sort of kick the offense in gear. Um, The fact that they're slowing games or that they've been starting games slowly and they've been ending games slowly, um, that's, again, that's a testament to the fact that, again, they've been banged up, so a lot of second-teamers and reserves have had to play in big spots, especially late in games. Mm -hmm. And, frankly, I'm not sure the play calling has been totally on point to start games outside of Buffalo. Again, I would stick with what they did last week. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the playmakers. Um, What about the injuries? We had Jare Hayes was kind of surprised, lost at the beginning of last week's game. Um, have you heard anything about him? Yeah, he's apparently getting better. The f- small fractures that are in his, I guess technically you can say broken hand, um, are getting better. It sounds like he'll suit up. He'll be available. I'm not sure he'll start. I think it'll depend on how well Martez Walker runs and what else is going on with the CMU offense. What do you think of that Romelo Ross kid who played in the fourth quarter last week? He was impressive. You know, got a lot of his carries in the fourth quarter and what ultimately was garbage time. Um, but that's important. Reps, there's something to be said for reps under your belt, and Romello Ross now has some. Mm-hmm. So we kind of know the playmakers for CMU. Obviously, Cooper Rush, um, one of those running backs is going to get the ball. Um, Jesse Kroll has been doing pretty well. Ben McCord is doing pretty well. But what about Ball State? Who um, who do you have to watch for as a Chippewa fan, or as the Chippewa defense looking out for? Well, they're, they, they're led by a freshman quarterback, Neil, who has been absolutely lights out since he came in the game. When they were trailing 17 to nothing, Pete Lembo benched their starting quarterback and said, okay, freshman, get out there. And that was against Eastern, right? That was against CMU, and he led them back 28 unanswered points, and they won that game on the road. Mm -hmm. So it was very similar uh, to sort of the emergence of Cooper Rush, if you remember, a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, is Ball State as high-powered an offense as CMU? No. Um, But this kid is no pushover. Mm -hmm. Looking at Ball State's schedule, they're 2-5. and They, uh, their only wins are against VMI, and I actually don't even know what that stands for. Do you? <laughs> no, I don't. And then also um, against Eastern Michigan, like you're saying, they lost to Texas A&M. Northwestern actually, they only lost by five, which is not too bad considering Northwestern was pretty good. Was ranked at least at one time. Lost by two scores to Toledo, which isn't a complete destruction of a team. And then Northern Illinois, they lost 59 to 41, and just a very offensive game. And then uh, Georgia State last week. Um, 
what does Ball State's outlook like for the rest of the season? They they seem to be kind of that wild card team. You, you know the last couple of years that Western Michigan and NIU and Toledo are going to be good, but Ball State's kind of you can't really figure them out. Well, it's the same deal with CMU. You know, there's a lot of preseason comparison to Ball State and CMU. I think Ball, CMU has played a lot better, obviously, than Ball State. The record indicates that. Um, but I really don't believe Ball State's that good. I think they're kind of on the downhill, and this is the year to beat them for CMU. So what's the key for the Chippewas that they need to, if they do X, they will beat Ball State? If they start quickly like they did against Buffalo, they should have no problem in this game. That, protect the ball, don't commit the dumb penalties, and it should be a CMU win. Yeah, I think the turnovers would also be a big deal, especially with their freshman quarterback. Is if they can get him rattled early, I think that's going to be a big key. Yep. So Blake Serp will be wearing the number 21 this weekend. That's in honor of Derek Nash. And Jesse Kroll did a pretty good job doing that last week. Um, you talked to Serp a little bit. What is he saying? You said a little bit earlier about um, just him wanting to finally beat Ball State because none of those Chippewas have ever beaten Ball State. He's in a position to do it, too. He said on Monday that it was the best he felt after a game all season. He's had some injury problems. He missed the opener uh, to start the year. Um, but Serpa really is, I, I would say, CMU's biggest potential playmaker in the backfield. That is to say sacks, tackles for losses, getting the push at the line of scrimmage. Um, he might be pound for pound the strongest guy starting right now with Joe Osman in and out of the lineup, who I'm not sure will ever be healthy uh, this season just based on the way that he's that his injury has gone. Um, so Serpa's a playmaker. He's a leader on this team, and they're going to need him to come up big this weekend. So we're not sure if Osman will be out there then? We don't. No, he's questionable at this point. Again, he's been nursing this high ankle sprain. He played against Western, recorded four tackles. It sounds like he might have had a setback because he didn't play in the following game. So um, he's been in and out. We'll, we'll, we'll see if he suits up. What about the two guys in the middle on the defensive line? Um, Jabari Dean is injured? Is that what I'm hearing? Well, a little bit of an ankle thing. Um, his reps went down recently. You know, depth is so important for the defensive line especially. And they've got guys that can play. Schaefer Johnson, Kelby Lada. Um, Blake obviously is sort of the Lewis the Palmer too. Palmer, Lewis yep. Palmer, I, sh- I should mention. Mm-hmm. Um, as Schaefer Johnson told us earlier in the year, everyone on that line has to be able to do everything. They're all expected to make plays, and they're going to need to um, to beat Ball State. Mm-hmm. Looking at the weather, it's supposed to be 68 and rainy. I guess that's at least it's not snowing. Yeah, that, that's a plus. Um, so just looking at it, the Chippewas are seven and a half point favorites on the road against Ball State at Schumann Stadium. It's time, Dom. Who do you got? I think another blowout is coming this time at the hands of Ball State or at the hands of CMU to Ball State going CMU 41, Ball State 17. Wow, so a big blowout. Oh, yeah. All right, two weeks in a row. That'd be be something. I'm thinking the Chippewas are going to win, too. Maybe not by as much. I'm going uh, 38 to 17. So Works. It's pretty... Pretty close there. I think uh, it's. We seem to always be picking the same thing. All five of us really is picking the same team, and whether whether we're right or not. Um, I think come Toledo, that might be where that that veers off. Speaking of Toledo, they go to UMass. They're number nineteen. Toledo is um, in the country right now, which is is a pretty big feat. Um, what are they still the team to be right now in the MAC? Or no, maybe, maybe. Bowling Green is pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. That Matt Johnson kid is like some quarterback, out. right? Yeah, that's not right. Not too bad, I hear. Yeah, the Matt yeah. Johnson kid's pretty good. <laughs> I think he leads the nation in almost every category does, of passing, yes. which is just ridiculous. He's, I mean, even though he's in the MAC, he's played Maction. some good teams. And Maction, man, it's going to be good. some good stuff. I think Toledo and Bowling Green would be quite an interesting uh, uh, title game. Biggest game of the year. It would be. But um, and actually, yeah, they play before that, too. They, they do. They, they have a regular play. season game against them. Yeah, that'll be one to watch. Um, that's actually the week after CMU. 
Maybe uh, trap game. Uh, we'll see. That that's. I think everyone's excited for that game. It's a home game. For CMU hosts Toledo. It's their first midweek game in I think two years. It's been a little while. It'll probably be on national TV on ESPN two. Still have Ball State and Akron, but that's that's still got to be the one circled on your calendar, right? Absolutely. That is the game, the measuring stick. And if you beat Toledo and keep on and take care of business against Eastern Michigan and Kent, there you go, mm-hmm. Mac West. Yeah, and we talked a little bit about this last week about how really Chippewas shouldn't really worry too much about the standings at this point as long as they keep taking care of their business. Um, these other teams that are really in contention have a couple, I don't want to say cupcakes, but they have the easier teams on their schedule right now. Then come November, it's just um, they get the ceiling thrown at them. I don't think that's a real phrase. but <laughs> You just used it. But it's, it is now. They have N, like Toledo has NIU, CMU, Bowling Green, and Western to finish off. Um, we open that stretch for them, right? Um, I don't know what I say. I think we're, no NIU does, and then we follow them. So it's going to be madness for them. Um, I think. What do we learn about Ohio this week? I think we included them in our top six. But would you still include them one of the top six teams in the MAC? They're going to have. They got a lot of work done because they lost to Western last week. Um, if they're going to do it in the MAC East, they basically have to win out now. So it's pretty much Bowling Green in the East. Yep. And then the West is just a logjam. It's Toledo, and then. Two or three other teams underneath fighting for it, and CMU is one of those teams. Yeah, and I think it looks like Chip, the Chippewas will probably end up in the same spot as the last couple of years, fifth, fourth or fifth in the MAC West, maybe a five and three team. But if they can, they can win out. They have a chance still. They they still control their own destiny for the most part. Absolutely. As long as, long as Western loses a game or two in there. Yep, which they most likely will. Yeah, so looking at the schedule this week, it's not the most entertaining MAC schedule. I'm not going to lie. Bowling Green and Kent State. I mean, they, they're saying Kent State's a little better than yeah, we anticipated. They're not, not going to be Bowling Green, though. No, they're hosting Bowling Green. Yeah, I don't no. think so. Yeah, it's, still, it's a 14.5-point spread. Miami, who doesn't look that great, and then going to Western Michigan, that's a 25.5-point spread. Trap game for the Broncos. You think so? Out. Wow. Yeah, you, heard it, you heard it here first. Yeah. That, that would be a, a very big uh, game for the Chippewas if, if Miami yeah. could pull that one off. But. Yeah. And the betting lines are they're they're going with Western in that one. Um, we talked about Toledo and UMass. It's they're Toledo. going to UMass to Foxborough to, to where the Patriots play. Toledo rolls. Toledo rolls. Ohio and Buffalo. I think two teams coming off some pretty bad losses. That should be a big win for Ohio. Yeah, they're only favored by three. They're going to Buffalo. I think that'll be that might be the most competitive game of the week. Probably honestly. will be. And then you got Eastern Michigan. And Northern Illinois. I think Eastern's got to win another game before the end of the year. I really do. Mm-hmm. And that I don't know if that's it, but uh, it's, they got to get one more. That's actually the the game that's predicted to be the biggest blowout. The twenty-seven and a half point favorites the Huskies are. Yeah. Um, but it seems I heard some someone talking about like when Drew Harry has nice weather, they, they, they seem to he seems to just really air it out and have a nice day. Who are going to be hoping for that? Mm-hmm. So that's week eight. There's really not. Nothing monumental, nothing that's maction worthy. I don't know. Maybe you never know what can happen in the MAC. So um, it'll be an interesting week. Next week's really about the same. It's not a whole lot. Then after that, once we get into November, that's when it you really got to tune your TV in because there's going to be some good stuff there. Um, looking in just the, the top 25 right now, um, I don't know if there's a whole lot of good games going on this week either, are there? Not really. I mean, we got. I mean, if you're interested in Syracuse, they're playing Pittsburgh. I don't know if that's the nope. It's not a Michigan, Michigan State Syracuse or anything. Syracuse sucks again. Oklahoma State's hosting Kansas. That's supposed to be a blowout. Oklahoma State's number fourteen. What do you make of that? Yeah, they're a good team, man. They beat came into Mount Pleasant and won a game. Yeah, it was pretty close <laughs> though. So uh, 
Michigan State, uh, after what happened last week, they host Indiana. Yep. Um, I think if there's one game that yeah, I, I might mess. pick an upset, I'm actually looking at LSU and Western Kentucky. Oh. Our, our friends at Western Kentucky, Brandon Doherty, Doherty uh, has just been lighting up. He actually has better numbers than Cooper Rush right now. Um, they're, they're favored to lose by 17, but if Eastern can hang in there with LSU. What can the Hilltoppers do? What can the Hilltoppers do? I, I think that's just an interesting one considering um, they've played the Chippewas in CMU's last two bowl games, and they're pretty explosive on offense. The over-under is 65 and a half, so there's supposed to be a lot of points in that one. But like you were mentioning, Texas A&M and Ole Miss, that's uh, number 15 going to number 24 Ole Miss. Uh, that's probably the game of the week, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Easily. Okay. I mean, they both have a loss or two, so it's it's nothing uh, too monumental. But uh, it should be an interesting interesting college football Another week. wonderful weekend in college football. I feel like the great thing about college football is you come into these October games, you look at it on paper, and you're like, ah, there's really nothing worth watching. And then you, like, turn on the TV, and, like, Michigan, all Michigan State happens. Well, yeah, that's – I don't even know what to say about that. Like, what, what were your reactions, Dom? I'm curious. I was panicking because I had just turned the TV on, gotten home from the Central game, and – I couldn't believe it. I've never seen anything like that in my life. Did you say you were, you heard it from like on the phone? And- I was, yeah. I was on the phone with my dad, and he's like freaking out, and he couldn't even like get his words out because he couldn't, you know, explain what he was seeing. And then he said, "Just go turn the TV on." So I did, and mm-hmm. I saw, it, and it was just insane. That might be something that you tell your kids, like, "Hey, this is where I was when this happened." That's yeah. how crazy that was. That was pretty crazy. There's been all kinds of good stories out there this week too, between um, just hearing from the punter and how. Um, He's really been dealing with it. There's been death threats and, and all those things. Been It's really unfortunate, but it's just really a fascinating story that just doesn't end. That's right, and I'm not sure it will end for years to come. Yeah, just, do you think that really – what does that do for Michigan and Michigan State? Oh, it just intensifies the rivalry. I mean, for the rest of the year, though. That's interesting. You know, Michigan State now all of a sudden is in a position to potentially win the Big Ten if they can beat Ohio State, but that ain't easy. So. Yeah, and they, they had enough trouble with Rutgers and Purdue. That's right. And who knows about Indiana this weekend. Yep, and that's what we're saying. Like, these these games that don't look like they're going to be interesting, the underdogs being. find a way. And every so often, especially when you got all these games, like, someone's going to find a way to just shock a top 25 team. I think that's what I love about college football. That's what I love about CMU, man. Yeah, well, let's, let's hope for Chippewa fans that Ball State doesn't find a way to upset the Chippewas this weekend. That's at 3 p.m. Yep. At Schumann Stadium. You'll be there. I'll be here. I'll be there. Yep. Uh, we got a couple of photographers going. It's going to be a good one, so make sure you follow us on Twitter at, CM, at CM Life Sports. We'll have the main account going a little bit, too, but if you really want the, the good stuff, go to the, the sports account. Also, we'll have some periscoping. We'll have some, uh, hopefully, some Instagram posts, maybe some Snapchats if we got some Wi-Fi. We'll write know. stories because that's what newspaper people uh, do. Oh, yeah, we might do that. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, Dom will probably write a story or two or, or 11. So <laughs> there'll be some good stuff. We'll, we'll tell you all about what's going on. We'll give you some analysis, all that. So follow us on Facebook, all those things. I, I'm sure I missed the social media account, but cm-life.com has it all. Um, I think that's about it. You got anything else, Dom? Nope. Just uh, enjoy the game this weekend, folks. Follow our coverage and fire up chips. Uh, Looking forward to it. Thanks.